tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Xavier Grau did not join us for today's show because he's super Mexican and he can't get internet wherever he might be, even though he is moving to the land of the Armenians where we have internet, but that's okay. It's just me and Johnny. We have a great show for you today. It was a lot of fun. How are you, Johnny? Good, man. Good, good, good. Uh, Great. Yeah, you're right. Great show today. This is one of my favorite topics. I think it's great. What I, I think you guys are I wish we'd go longer. Unfortunately, I have some personal stuff. We'll have to get I him have back to though. We'll get have to get him back on because there's a lot more yeah. there if we want to drill down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and now we need to have XG to ask some random questions that don't fit the conversation. <laughs> yeah, uh, but but what does this have to do with Krispy Kreme, bro? You know, uh guys, a lot of shows are coming. Come see me live. Uh Marietta sold out, but I'm gonna be in Spokane. Tickets still available for that. Myself, Eddie Bravo, Xavier Guerrero, we'll all be there September 3rd. September 4th is sold out. Simi Valley tickets are finally moving. Grab your tickets now. There's about 20 tickets left. Uh, Huntington Beach, we've just added Tinfall Hat. It's going to be a Huntington Beach September 16th at 7 p.m. We're going to be at the Rec Room. Join us. Kansas City at the com- and The next day we'll be at the Comedy Club of Kansas City at September 17th, and then Omaha, Nebraska on September 18th. And then, of course, it's the big 500 October 16th. We're being Las Vegas, two shows, one at uh, 7 p.m. and the other one at 9.30. First one is podcast, second one is stand-up. And then Salt Lake, man, tickets are moving, thank God. Salt Lake, go to, Salt, go to uh, we're going to be at Sugar Space Art Warehouse, and that's November 12th. Check that out. Guys, a couple things. My special, No Lives Matter, is available for free at samtripoli.com. Go watch it. If you like it, leave a review. If you don't like it, leave a review. Just let me know what you think. So far, the feedback has been absolutely amazing. Uh, so go to samtripoli.com for all my dates and my specials. All three of them are all there available for free at samtripoli.com. Uh, if you want to support the show, there's a great way. It's called Rockfin, R-O-K-F-I-N.com. Uh, you can listen to all of my content there. Tim Fall Hat Premium, Zero, Conspiracy Social Club. Uh, what else is there? The Goats, Grace of All Time. First look at Broken Sim, all there just uh, for $10. So three of those shows, I put two episodes out a week. That's six a week. That's 24 episodes for $10, man. I mean, that's the best deal ever. And on top of that, you get everybody else's premium content included in the $10. So it's not just mine. It's everybody's. And uh, hell, hell, the gang's all there. Everybody's moving there. 
and having a great time. Now, there's a couple shows on there that are exclusively on Rockfin that we are releasing older episodes for free on the RSS feed. Uh, Conspiracy Social Club is, in fact, being released for free early episodes. I uh, just put in Conspiracy Social Club with Brian Callen, Sam Tripoli, and you get the early episodes for free so you can see how awesome the show is on Rockfin. And now I'm working on putting out zero, the early episodes for free. Um, you're going to see it and you're going to love it. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't wait to look at the old videos where I was uh, doing it with my babies, uh, sitting on my lap, doing yeah, my podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to be able to see and listen to those for free. So that's out there for you. And uh, T-shirts are cooking with gas. Johnny and Xavier mm-hmm. were like, I don't know about that. Uh, breakfast chicken steak. Well, no, T-shirts I love that. Are I love that shirt. I don't know. You guys seem to be weirded out about it. They're no, no, quick, we were weirded it's... out by the version that showed your undercarriage, like naked undercarriage, but smooth With like a Kindle. There. Yeah, they covered yeah, that up. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, so that's moving quickly. That's limited edition. Once those sold out, you will never see that sold again. Okay, and then um, uh, disobey is cooking with gas. Just go to tinfoilhattshirts.com. All that. You know, we give you a bunch of yes. stuff. We just ask you for a little support. Anything we, else, Johnny? We dropped a double dose of Broken Sim last week. So check boom, that out. Boom. YouTube, podcasting clients, whatever. It's out there. We go hard in the paint for the young Christian warriors, man. Yes. And uh, it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, man, go grab your tickets to the live shows and uh, enjoy the show. It is a banger. Humdinger. We go deep, homeboy. <laughs> Eric, open your mind. <laughs> Drink from the of All right, let's get into it. Super excited to have this gentleman on. Uh, we're going to go deep into the origins of humans and uh, are there DNA bioweapons out there? I'm super excited to have this next guest on. Please welcome Bruce Fenton. How are you, brother? Uh, I'm great, Sam. Thanks very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Looking forward to having a good chat. Okay, I'm excited to have you on as well. Bruce, uh, for those who may not be familiar with you uh, that listen mm-hmm. to the show, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where we can find you? Sure. Yeah, I'm, I feature, well, I'm, I consider myself sort of a researcher of anomalous phenomena, so pretty wide spectrum, anything over the edges of normal. So that ranges from, you know, ancient mysteries, the paranormal, uh, aliens, UFOs, all of that, all of that sort of crazy stuff. Um, I've appeared on science channels, the unexplained files, ancient aliens on history channel, um i'm the science editor on the earth ancients podcast and got a couple of books out there as well you know people find on amazon they've got an exodus and uh, also the new and exogenesis so sort of spread around between those things but yeah i've been around a while doing all sorts of research a lot of articles out there you know interviews and stuff so people can find sam uh, why don't we have a science editor i feel like uh, our, our podcast could use a science editor yeah we'd have like five minutes on each episode then <laughs> we we whittled it down to five minutes. Um, do you have a website they can go check out? I do. I think it crashed at the moment, but it's it's brucerfenton.com. I've got to fix it. Some kind of glitch, but it does exist. Oh uh, yeah, that seems to happen a lot with people who like to go into the alternative realms. That seems to happen a lot. Bruce, where does your journey start uh in this sure. kind of going into this kind of alternative realm of where mm-hmm. we might have mm-hmm. come from? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, um, well, really, I mean, I, I got involved with mysterious phenomena when I was about 11. My, my, my grandmother had this, she used to buy tea leaves. And in the boxes of tea leaves, 
they had, there was a collectible card set and it was like 40 mysteries, like unexplained mysteries. And she like gave them to me. I used to go visit her on a Sunday and she gave me these cards, right? And and that's literally where it started with reading stuff like there, you know, Yeti, you know, Let Lock Most Monster, UFO, all these things on these little cards. And that, that's where it began. I suppose that's jinxed the rest of my life, dragged me down into the crazy, the full crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, in the last few years, it, it's gone to the aliens, UFO stuff. But I mean, yeah, it's been a long journey, to be honest, you know, through all that paranormal uh, and explained mystery, you know, all of that stuff for like 25 years now. So it's been quite a lot of crazy, but <laughs> you know, it takes a while to get to the aliens and, and the genetic engineering, as you can imagine, Sam. It doesn't, that's not the first stop, is it, on the journey? <laughs> no, 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 it's not, but it's a very interesting stop. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of crazy. So, I mean, if you take modern mm. day science, there's this thing called the missing link and they mm. can't explain the jump from monkey to man mm-hmm. and what that represents, you know? And of course there's some people who think all this story is just a big like ruse to not let us mm. know how special we truly are. I always think the answer is some way in between and, uh, we're a lot more interesting than they want us to believe. Mm-hmm. And our history is a lot more complex than they want us to believe. And they've done, they've done their best to, in fact, mm-hmm. uh, sh- I say shish kebab, but, but, you know, just to mix it up so much mm-hmm. that people don't know if they're coming or going. And there's a lot. So one of the big moments on the show was when I was talking to uh a gentleman on the show, Matt, what's Matt's last name? Do you remember Matt LaFair? Matt? Oh, fuck. I can't remember his name, but uh, Matt was talking about ancient civilizations. Then I had, yeah, Matt LaCroix. Thank you. I had Matt LaCroix on. He was talking about ancient civilizations. And then we had a Buddhist on and she was talking about the same things, but from a spiritual point of view and that kind of like, uh, okay, here we have a spiritual and science kind of coming together. Um, It's just very interesting, the history. So where do you want to start, man? Yeah, I mean, I can go very quickly, set, you know, overview the, Take the story, my, my version, you know. And like you said, I mean, there's, in my last book, Exogenesis, I, I kind of start with that contrast. And if you've got the official story, which is, I would say, that, well, the most popular version of the official story, where really life emerges out of some rock pool, right? You know, it's abiogenesis, random events, somehow geology and chemistry produces biology. Nobody knows exactly how, but okay, they just take it as a given. Um, and then we have random mutations, uh, natural selection, pretty much a mundane kind of story, absent of any high strangeness, uh, no, no aliens, no God, no, no, none of that kind of good stuff. You know, it's, it's purely that we're just mud that came alive somehow uh, and has just crawled its way to here, right? Uh, and then you've got on the other flip side of that, because you can go to the, the kind of really the spiritual or religious side, you know, where you just say, okay, well, basically God's clicking his fingers and it's just changing this stuff and making us and making the universe. And then, you know, so you can, you can go kind of to either extreme with that. I say that, you know, it's again, like you were saying, pretty somewhere in the middle, you know, I, I don't think we can just factor out a divine creator, right? Because I think the universe is a super mysterious thing in itself, right? Which I think probably does emerge as kind of some kind of uh, consciousness phenomena in some greater consciousness, you know, it's so like, you know, is there a divine being, something like could be, you know, I, I'm open to that. I think that's probably, probably true. Uh, can't prove it. There's no way to ever prove that in a science experiment. Um, but this doesn't really change that. I'm saying that, you know, once we have life, okay, life has happened somewhere in the universe, that this planet 
um, seems to be seeded. And the reason why I suggest that is that if, if we now know that life appears on Earth something like 4.5 billion years ago, and the planet is about 4.6 billion years old, we've got fossil evidence that's going back to about 4.2 billion years, and they assume that's not going to be the oldest. You know, it's like saying, would you really, you likely to have found the very oldest? Probably not. So they think there's probably some older evidence out there somewhere. And then when they look at the genetic data, you can kind of trace back the flow of evolution to what they call the last universal common ancestor, which would be you know, a basic organism, a microorganism. And, and they calculated from that that it was about 4.5 billion years ago that the very first life form lived on this planet. So why do I think that's aliens? I think because when you think that tiny little gap of time, basically 100 million years, it sounds like a long time, but really it's a short time because in the planet was like a, a barren you know, uh, like a hailstorm of magma and meteorites. So, so like nothing should have been alive. And then really quickly, life appears more like there's a seed here that just germinates when, the, you know, when the, the climate is ready, not like a long, long process of geology and chemistry. So I, I think that life begins with seeding, whether it was deliberate, something dropped on this planet's surface or fired through space to this planet, you know, some seed of life or a craft literally landing here and putting organisms on the planet. I, I think it's most likely that one of those two scenarios begins our story, not just chemistry, geology, magically producing these first life forms. I just don't buy it. I think the time's too quick um, to, to really go that route. So from then, obviously you've got, a, that kind of changes the whole map because if, if we were seeded or if we've come from space, then there's other life out there for a start. Uh, and then if that life knows we exist, you know, if they've seeded us, or even if they just detect, or if another life form detects life on this planet, that makes Earth really interesting to any intelligences, right? Because uh, one of the conventional arguments, if you talk to the, you know, the SETI guys and the space scientists, they always have this thing about aliens couldn't know we exist because our radio waves have only been going out for, you know, the last kind of hundred years or whatever, right? So they, they have this argument, of, how would aliens know we're here? But actually the, the oxygen signature of Earth was detectable from space two billion years ago, around from two billion years ago. So like, aliens have had plenty of time to find us, even if they didn't know we were here, if they didn't see, they've had two billion years to find us, send probes, you know, launch missions to this planet. There's no reason in science why aliens couldn't have found us. I've been here many times and done all sorts of crazy stuff here. So that's the first thing I would just quickly get out of the way, because, you know, you always hear the skeptics say that, say that, oh, there's no way they could have stumbled on us. And how would they know we're here without radio waves? And that's just... Just I always just up. think that people tend to just come up with reasons not to believe. You know, you yeah. see that a lot yeah. in the conspiracy mm -hmm. world. Like, they'll, they just got to be contrarians to everything. You know, mm -hmm. weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. You know, they would just, people would just do mental gymnastics to figure out a reason to believe mm -hmm. that they were there when they weren't. So we see that a lot in everything. Yeah. Uh, I want to get in real quick before we move far forward about your thoughts on what this planet is mm -hmm. like, where does the paranormal fall into like all your stuff, whether it's multiple dimensions and stuff like that. Do you have any thoughts mm -hmm. on that thing? Because I think this planet is very unique. I almost think it's like, this might be an American term and I don't know if you'll get it, but mm -hmm. you know, the Royal rumble of uh, uh, WrestleMania where like all mm -hmm. these wrestlers come in from everywhere and, you know, they muck it mm -hmm. up here that there's 
and if I'm losing you, please tell me, but right. that there is, um, that there's something special about where we live. It's that it's not a normal planet or a normal, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, whether it's a realm or, uh, uh, some kind of simulation or any of that stuff, you know? And of course, if you bring up simulation and the people are always like, that's a psyop. And then the flat earth is a psyop and then everything's a psyop on psyops and psyops. And that's why I don't really get into mm-hmm. thinking I know what it is. I just love to hear everybody talk about what they think it is. And I respect mm-hmm. that. And because I, 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 I flunk first grade, dude. So I'm not going to pretend like I know what I'm doing, but um, so what are your thoughts on that? Like aliens, yeah. uh, ghost and, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. Bigfoot and all that stuff. Yeah, no, I, I do tend to think that, you know, if you, if you put it all together, that we are living in some kind of either, either a crazy simulation or a planet that is, has been so meddled with, so, you know, interfered yeah. with by other intelligences that it, it's as bad as a simulation, you know, it's just as bad, right? Because like you say, you've got so much crazy here i mean the synchronicity thing you know I, I have that a lot you know the other week you know i'm sitting in the car i'm i'm st- we had a rabbit that comes in the garden eats the stuff right and i'm trying to think of the book i'm like oh you know that you know billy the rabbit you know there's a kid's story about this rabbit I, i've forgotten and there's there's uh a sort of enos blyton story famous thing about this rabbit right and i can't remember what it is. i can't remember again what the name is but that like moment literally a minute later that comes on the radio. They say, there's this new movie of this thing, the rabbit, you know, and even that stuff happens to you, you're like, dude, that is just, so, there's just no way. It was such an obscure thing to be talking about in the car. Yeah. It, it I, I totally agree radio, with that, dude. Right. So we know there's something horribly wrong in how our reality works, right? It's, there's something is not normal here. Um, we have all these kind of psychical events, you know, remote viewing, uh, ghosts, Bigfoots, Nessie, you know, all this stuff. You know, it, it, there's something really strange. I'm not saying all of it's real, like, okay, kill the people. Um, even like, you know, the alien abduction stuff, even if that is not necessarily physical, people are having these experiences, right? So there's, there's something really strange. I think that it is some kind of like uh, either a rehab that we're in, some kind of crazy rehab for souls, or <laughs> like, it's, I tend to think of a rehab. You know, if I had to say that my honest opinion, I think it's some kind of rehab. Like you, souls come here, they are put into this crazy to learn lessons. Kind of learning thing. Yeah, like to learn these lessons. Yeah, and dude, I totally full agree on with crazy. That. And <laughs> we have to just deal with it. Uh, and everything is thrown at us, you know, everything. We have to deal with like, you know, New World Order type stuff. We have all that. You know, you have government mafia crazies trying to get you. You have, uh, then you've got the paranormal, you know, ghosts could be in your room bothering you. You know, you can be abducted from your mind by aliens. And I mean, literally everything is being thrown at people, right? So, it's definitely something abnormal. I don't think this is happening on, on every other planet. I do think like you do. I think Earth, there's something different about it. There, there must be, I hope, normal planets out there somewhere where beings are just living out normal mundane lives. But that's not happening on Earth. I totally agree with everything you just said there. And I, I love that you're open-minded to that because I think it's very important to, that we mm-hmm. kind of understand that there's things beyond what we understand there's people Mm -hmm. who have a lot of power that don't want us to know how special we are 
Guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Blue Chew, American boater pills for American men, for American ladies, or foreign chicks, or dudes too. Anything you want to drop some hard Dion, Blue Chew is for you, <laughs> right? Come on, man. Enough of the games. Enough of going to gas stations or going to to to, to adult bookstores or, or pharmacists to get yourself. Enough of it. Stop messing around. Go to bluechew.com and get it done, okay? It's the best, the best. It's you're you're a man. You deserve to drop all the hammer in the world, and you shouldn't be wondering if you can get it up or not, okay? If you need a hard, hard, hard rock hard D, Blue Chew is for you, okay? Blue Chew is the first chewable with the same FDA approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, okay? Anytime, anywhere, any place, dude. Anytime. Look at this guy. Anywhere. You think he's got soft D? Dude, no that way. He's dropping hammer of the gods on these ladies, okay? No That's what he does. I think it's right? just Count St. Germain. That's actually. how it is, dude. Fast, easy, enhances your performance. You want to be a god in the bedroom? Blue Chew's how you do it, okay? Blue Chew is prescribed by online licensed physicians, okay? So you don't have to go to a stupid doctor and have some person question whether you can get boners or not. No more of that. Uh, no more off office waits, no more doctor's office waits, no more waiting in line at the pharmacy. It's shipped right to your door in a discreet package, okay? Made in the USA! Okay, you love the Olympics? You want to bone your lady while you're watching the Olympics? There's nothing more American than boning to the Olympics, okay? As we win gold, you win gold, and your lady goes, oh my God, you own it. Thank you, Blue Chew. So right now, this is all you got to do, dude. You got, right now, we got a special deal, okay? Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free and use the promo code TINFOIL and just pay $5 shipping. That Again, that is B-L-U. EQ.com promo code Timfoil to to try for free. Okay. Blue Chew's better, cheaper, faster choice. We thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Holla at your boy. You know, uh, you know, like I said, I just recently got in a discussion with a, a friend of mine who's super Christian and I love him all death. And he sees mm -hmm. it his way. And then I'll talk yeah. to Buddhists and they see it their way. And then and I just, I've stopped trying to, I, trying to understand. I just want to hear what people have mm -hmm. to say, because I think it's mm -hmm. very important. And then you kind of find the common threads. And I think that's kind of where it's at for me, mm -hmm. but let's get back. Cause I think the human origin is very interesting, man. I th think like, like, I think the powers of be want everybody to think we're just specks of shit wearing shoes. Right. And yeah, I just yeah. don't see it like that. And there's just mm -hmm. things that go like, you know, when there, there's that one bacteria that will get into a, a, a mm -hmm. mouse's head and make the mouse run to the cat and then the cat eats it and then it throws it yep. up. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's spread. You're like, you think that's just random shit that just mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. randomly happened. I, mm -hmm. I, it just, it's too detailed for me to think it's just random. No, uh, you know what? One of my pet, my pet interests is not a full-on research project, but one of my pet interests is parasites because um, I, I find them fascinating. You know, and I do think that we have a parasitical infection. You know, in, in human beings, you know, in the minds of human beings, but also there are humans who are parasites. You know, that I, I call our global leadership basically the predatory parasitical world controllers you know they're not elites they are parasitical predatory world controllers so they are using their 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 parasitical skills and their mind meddling like parasites do 
to, to get us to do stuff, right? They get in your head and they get you to do really self-destructive, crazy stuff that benefits them, just like all parasites. You know, whether it's a, a mushroom in an ant's head, making it climb up, you know, some stick to pollinate more mushrooms or the fish that, you know, that swims to the surface for the bird to eat it so that its worm can, you know, come out of the, the butt, the seagull's butt later on. You know, this horror show of, of parasites, I think it goes all the way up. I mean, and they have said in that they think schizophrenia may sometimes be caused by a bacteria in your in your head or something. So you think about it, how can a voice in your head be coming from a bacteria? So there's this really strange stuff. Like you said, there's, there's some really, I think there's something going on definitely in the in the, the realm of parasites in this that the way that we're seeing everything we're seeing now this kind of mimetic virus that's going through the minds of humanity at the moment i, I think is connected to a form of parasitical um psychological virus kind of thing it's something really crazy like so i mean it's, i know that again maybe people that's a bit off the side but i really do think that is linked to it uh, and i think that i'm not going to just discount i think aliens are linked in there too i think there are intelligences that are parasitical that are on this planet that operate on this planet and they're influencing people um so yeah i definitely have have a really kind of a little bit of slight interest in the whole field of parasites you have some interesting hobbies huh uh, for sure dude yeah, i'm strange, for sure, strange dude. guy you're like what do you what do you like to do for fun i like to study parasites yeah hmm. is that on your <laughs> tinder profile <laughs> Yeah, I think if my wife wasn't about nearly as strange as me, I think I would be a, a lonely man. I don't know where I would find. She's probably the only person who could put me because she's she's also like a shaman. She's uh, you know a healer, psychic, so she's probably about as strange as I am. So it works. But I, yeah, I don't. Dude, think that's the best, man. Vibe with your tribe, bro. Mm -hmm, that's the mm -hmm. best stuff right there, right? I Absolutely. mean, just mm -hmm. find find somebody who like you know. Don't find a soulmate. Find a partner in crime. That's what I always say, dude. You know, find somebody mm -hmm. who's mm -hmm. like, I yeah. got the car. Go rob the bank. That's what I believe. Um. So let's get back to the the uh, earlier discussion before we got away because i just want to find out your mm -hmm. and i love that your take on it because it, it very much fits into how i see the world and i think there's a lot of things that there's not just one thing at work there's mm -hmm. multiple layers upon layers upon layers yep. of stuff going on and there's not one thing that you could do that would clean it all up i think there's so many different I mean, mm -hmm. I live in L.A., bro. There's like literally 70 gangs, 70 mm -hmm. gangs, man. I mean, mm -hmm. like, just think about what the world on a, on a global scale, the amount of people trying to control everything, what that must be. So I think it's very. But let's get back to the the beginnings of of mm -hmm. um, humanity, the beginnings of origins. What are some of the physical sure. evidence that you think there is for mm -hmm. genetic engineering of humans? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I. I think that there's been probably a few different interventions, but I, I'm going to skip through to just where I think it gets important first, because some of them are before humans. But um, basically, the emergence of Homo erectus about two million years ago, I, I believe that that is an intervention. That's one intervention that's very important. We see that suddenly the kind of what I would call ape men, you know, the ape men now transition into a recognizable human two million years ago. And at the same time, you know, there's some genetic changes that give it basically uh, enhanced neural um, uh, density and change the workings of the brain. And so this becomes much more of a, a human-like creature with a larger brain. You know, it's got all the, the physical characteristics that we kind of have. You know, it goes, it travels the world. It, it sails across um, the seas in Southeast Asia, ends up on Flores, for example, a million years ago. So we know that Homo erectus is kind of a person. You know, I'm not saying 
that if you sat next to him on the bus, you wouldn't be a bit freaked out. Like this is not, it doesn't look exactly like, you know what I mean? You might get up and sit on another seat, but it's recognizable as, a, as in the human family somewhere, right? Um, but the next, the next big shift, the one I focus on most in my work occurs um, around about 800,000 years ago. And this is the, the important one because you now Homo erectus is kind of everywhere. He's not doing a lot, stone tools, maybe he's got fire. He's somehow made a raft and sailed out to sea, but you know, he's not doing a lot else other than that for about a million years. And then we have a, a really interesting shift occurs. And 800,000 years ago, it's, like, it's a really crazy time. I can actually be more precise. Actually, it's about 788,000 years ago. And there's a reason why I'll, I'll come to why it's so sort of precise. But um, we know that 800,000 years ago, approximately the skull size of, of early humans starts to accelerate, right? It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that is, there's a chart. You can literally look at it and you'll see that it's just, you know, it, well, it's going like, sort of like that and it just goes kind of like that, right? So we know there's something strange is happening then. And for years and years, scientists were arguing, what could make our brain suddenly increase? Was it eating meat? Is it, you know, cooking? Is it something in the environment? They, they really couldn't come up with anything good. And they still well, have- Well, they've always said fire forever. And I always thought yeah. that was interesting that the discovery of fire is why our brains grew. I, It's just yeah. really interesting, especially now when you start- Finding out like that meat isn't exactly the most healthiest for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they, they theorized yeah, cooking meat and all that kind of stuff. But, but now look, that doesn't really stack up. We know that there's a lot going on in the human genome around that time. There's a lot of shifts going on in terms of the genes that make up our brain. That is, it's not as simple as that there's one thing that happened that changed us in, you know, in terms of the genes. What instead we, because of course we could, before we had the skulls, now we can actually take the genome, you know, we can, we can delve into it and start to understand what makes the different parts of the brain, you know, and what gives us the opposable thumbs. You know, we, we can really map the whole genome. So we understand now what's going on. And we've also got ancient DNA from Neanderthals, Denisovans, uh, other archaic hominids. So, I mean, the picture has, has shifted. Uh, and what we understand now is around about that time, you have a few things happening. You have the beginnings of a split between the ancestors of modern humans, Neanderthals, Denisovans, and, and all of those are large-brained humans who could make tools, you know, make artwork, um, could probably speak, you know, could cross water. In other words, they were all intelligent human beings, they, and they all start to emerge from an archaic ancestor about 800,000 years ago. Now, so if you want to look and say, well, okay, well, what's going on around then? Is there anything, yeah. you know, interesting? So it turns out there's a lot going on. The first thing is the last time that we have a full geomagnetic reversal of the Earth's fields, right? That happens 780,000 years ago, a complete reversal of magnetic fields. Okay, so that's that's one crazy thing. So you've got this one big thing going on. That's a now, big crazy thing, too. It's a big crazy one. So we've got, yeah, it hasn't happened since. It's overdue. It's meant to happen. Some people think we're in the beginnings of one, but we haven't had one since 780,000 years ago. And then the next thing you've got is it turns out that there was something, an enormous object uh, breaks up and impacts Antarctica. And this, this thing, I think they think five pieces came down, but one of the chunks, the guy calculated, left a hole in the ice, 200 kilometers by 200 kilometers. This thing was enormous, right? Um, they, they suspect it could have been an object the size of the one that eradicated the dinosaurs. Um, and the reason why it didn't, cause such a devastating event is because it hits the ice and at the same time this is like an ice age so the sea ice is really thick and extended so that absorbs a lot of the energy so you don't get the same level of destruction as the one that you know impacted in the yucatan and supposedly killed the dinosaurs um 
but this is still a mega event, right? So, you know, you've got a massive object kilometers across has come down into the ice. So you think, well, okay, that's two, that's two really big events straight away. Yeah. That's also dated at around 780,000 years. So you've got that. You're like, okay, that's two. Um, and then back in 2016, a group of German geologists found evidence that our planet was bombarded with objects from all sides, right? From basically in uh, is it Central America, somewhere in East Asia, Tasmania, um, and I think another, at least four sites that are impacted, right? And again, dated, this is around about that 780,000 years ago. And they all seem, they also looked at it to see, was this one object breaking up, right? Because you think, okay, that would make some sense. But when they actually went to the different craters, they found that the chemical signatures were different. So these are like different asteroids, right? So you think about it, suddenly- All just hitting at the same yeah, time. Yeah, all, all like, this is starting to sound a bit weird because, you know, we don't have that happen. I mean, the last time you'd have something like that is in the, the early formation of the Earth, what's like the late heavy bombardment when, you know, there was a lot of debris flying around in our solar system. Otherwise, normally it's vast periods between big objects hitting us. So the idea that suddenly we're getting hit from all sides by asteroids is super weird. And they, they don't really even say that. They just kind of, you know, they in the paper, they'll say there's these asteroids, it's made of this. No one says, but isn't it super weird? That these things are like hitting us from all sides because of course academics don't talk in that way but they must be thinking it you know like this is super weird all right everybody i want to tell you about our good friends at cbd line that's right cbd line one of our oldest sponsors on the show longest running sponsors on the show and we love them very much you know these stressful times you need tools in your tool belts and no one can help you more than cbd lion i mean they got everything they got vapes they got they got gummy you like they got those new gummies that Eleven you like. ones come on Nothing gets better than lemon. Dude, nothing's better than lemon lemon gummies, okay? They, they also have the uh, new melatonin slumberberry variety pack, which I've heard is pretty cool. A variety pack, man! And that's what we're talking about, dude. They are the best of the best. I love them very much. They always come to my live shows and support. And here's what's really great, okay? They, they have everything you need, man. They're, all their products are third-party tested, all right? They even have a quick little survey, quick quiz you take. They'll help you with the which product is best they got everything man they got everything pre-rolls pre-rolls of hemp flour they got new strains of hemp flour they got uh, lemon gummies variety pack gummies melatonin gummies all this fun games cbd does it beat that i don't think so i love them every time they come to my shows i hug them i hug them i try to kiss them they're like no it's not not like that bro <laughs> And if you like that and you want to help out the show and you want to help our sponsors, just go to cbdline.com and enter the promo code TINFOIL, okay, to get 20% off. That's cbdline, like the animal.com, coupon code TINFOIL. Check them out. We won over 2,000 positive reviews. This stuff works. Give them a try one more time. Just go to cbdline, enter the coupon code TINFOIL to get 20% off. So now you've got three things, you know, so you've got this massive object hitting the ice, you've got this reversal, you've got this bombardment. And then the next one is that they have, well, I say four things really, because as I've already touched on, we've got the split occurring in the early hominins, right? Around about the same time. We know that that is now diverging to give us all these different large brained humans around the same time. And then the last one, which is my favorite, which I've, I've written quite a lot on, is an object basically a, a, an object made mostly of silica, around about 75% silica, uh, probably a, at least a couple of kilometers across, explodes in orbit around Earth, 
and a load of debris rains down across from China down to Antarctica, and it's called Australite tectite. It's a kind of a glassy material made of mostly silica, about 10% aluminium, and then a load of other metals. And this object, the NASA papers on it, they calculate it has to basically be in orbit and it explodes and pieces come down all across this trail. So now, so now you've got five crazy huge things, right? Happening at the same time. And this is not on any Nat Geo special. Uh, I, I said, I know one of the things I thought, I thought, hang on a minute. Like, so, so much is going on there <laughs> and like, nobody's really talking about it. There's no, you know, not in the conventional show. There should be something like, you know, 70,000 years ago, the year when everything went crazy or something, you know, because this is some really crazy stuff to be going on at the same time and for nobody to really tell us about. But the only thing this, in my view, the only thing this object can be is alien technology. And I can go into why. First of all, like there's no natural objects we know of in space that are more than 60% silica. It's just unknown. No asteroids, comets, nothing like that. Um, Having an object a couple of kilometers across in orbit around Earth. When you say silica, weird. why do I think silicone? Am I off on that? No, no, really. you know, silicone is a silica as well. Silica is basically quartz crystals and stuff. Right? So we use silica throughout our computers, all our technology, right? We, we're trying to make AI on huge silica networks. And that's why I say I think we're dealing with a live like an AI, some kind of vast AI probe. And right? Bruce, this there's, a, is, mm -hmm. there's a thought that life on other planets uh, could possibly be silica-based. Is, is that right? Oh, God. Most alien life will probably be post-biological silica AIs that they expect if we what? ever encounter. Yeah, that's, if you look at what the, uh, the cutting-edge theorists all believe, they don't think that we will contact biological life. They think we will contact post-biological silica life, probably probes that they call bracewell probes, that these things will be basically autonomous, self-aware AI that are flying around the galaxy exploring for their civilizations because biology is too fragile and like you know these things can just be almost indestructible and, and you can build them as big as you like so, so you can have a brain made of silica that's basically a moon right so you've got a moon flying around the galaxy which is just a vast living supercomputer right so this is some crazy stuff and this is the crazy stuff that our cutting-edge scientists like guardians of the galaxy <laughs> yes, remember that guy's entire yeah. planet you know yeah i mean some of this stuff look it does it appears in sci-fi stuff because you know obviously a lot of sci-fi comes out of science and about where the cutting edge is so this is actually if you look and see what these nasa guys are people expecting they say look we think that mostly we're going to encounter these kind of silica probes and so now you look at it and you look in their own papers and they've got this study on an object that is made almost entirely silica and aluminium other metals uh that is in orbit around earth they say look at based on the way the debris comes down and the shaping of the debris is called Australite tectite buttons that people can look up. That basically they look like they've been shaped by aerodynamic forces. They look like a kind of, well, look a bit like a button, but like the nose cone, you know, the front of a nose cone on a, a rocket because they've gone through our atmosphere at a kind of a shallow angle. They've been shaped by heating and resi air resistance and they, they end up coming down as these little button tectites, right? Um, and so when they tried to recreate these in the NASA Ames Research Center, they used them. Um, little spheres of glass, they heat them, they put them in the same kind of, you know, uh, you know speeds, environment, you know, obviously I, I don't, wasn't there, but they, they did all the replication. And what they came to conclusion of was that these had to have come from an object that broke up in orbit. And it's like the, if you imagine the debris carries on in a kind of orbital path that begins to, to come down, you know, it gets pulled in. And they said, it's the only way it came in. They said it comes in at these shallow angles. And so it then heats a second time 
and then that this then fell in across Australia. Most of those buttons are down in South Australia, but the debris field goes all the way from China to Antarctica, over 10,000 kilometers of this glassy debris. And it's been a mystery for like, well, 170 years or something of scientific investigation, and they're still arguing about it, right? And um, I've written a paper on it. I haven't put it out yet, but I've written a whole paper on it because it, there's so many papers on this. There's so many people have tried to solve the mystery. Um, the usual explanation is- Do they have, uh, real quick, impact. sorry. Do sure. they yeah. have any actual, do they have any pieces of it? Is yeah, that, yeah. What, mm-hmm. And they've done like, check and they, they just can't explain what it is? That's yeah, crazy to me. Yeah, they, they've, done, they've done all the analysis. There's an ongoing argument about it because it used to be the NASA guys were saying, we think an asteroid hit a volcano on the moon, right? Okay. And this lunar, this glass was like a volcanic lunar glass that was displaced, flew through space, and then rained down on Earth. And they thought that was probably the most likely because of it seems had to come from space. Then the other, the other side, the kind of um, the geologists from the independent unis and stuff, they were saying, no, we think it's an asteroid hit Earth and threw this debris somehow out into space. And then it came back down. So these two teams were like arguing for ages, loads of different scientists arguing for years and years. And then when they, they got samples of lunar rock retrieved by their, you know, the probes, or then they, then they tested that and said, well, actually, this doesn't mesh with the chemical makeup. This cannot be lunar rock. And so the NASA guys kind of capitulated and said, okay, we're wrong. It's not lunar volcanic rock, you know. So you guys have to explain it. But there were so many anomalies that the other team couldn't explain that, that the way I look at it is you imagine you've got two boxers fighting each other, right? And they're, they're slugging it out. And then one of the guys just has a heart attack and he dies. So you, you, the other guy's like, I'm the winner. But it's like, did he really win by boxing? You know, so it's like the theory we have became the accepted model because the other one just had to give up sort of thing you know it wasn't they actually won there's loads of anomalies they couldn't explain but they were just like well that's it then it must be the asteroid impact on earth and, and when you actually when you look closer at it you're like the nasa guys had loads of really good points that they just can't answer like i mean for example i would just do a quick one just to make sure people understand this but when an asteroid hits earth you get a quick flash of heat and pressure right and it, it creates some glass so if you go to an asteroid impact site, you find this, you know, uh, asteroid melt glass, and it's full of bubbles. It's really frothy because it happens really quickly. It's full of bubbles like the nuclear glass. Have you ever seen that when they have the nuclear bombs, right? And uh, it's it's full of partially melted rock and sand, organic materials, uh, and also it's made of the exact, almost exactly the same composition as the crater site, which makes sense, right? Because it's from the crater site. Uh, but when you look at this astrolite tectite, what they found is instead is it's very well mixed, we call homogeneous and fine, which is like when you make glass, like we make it in a crucible, yeah, to make your glasses for your house, that is heated for like hours and at special temperatures, you know, to get all the impurities out, the gases out, all the bubbles come out. And they say, well, this is what this looks like. They said, this isn't from a normal impact. This cannot be because you need to have hours to mix it in this way and to get all the bubbles out and all the, all the water has evaporated from it. So it's like really super dry. So he said, all these suggest it formed in a vacuum and they had time to find it and make this kind of glass. He said, this is not like impact glass. So that's just one of the problems, right? This is one, which is a major one. And the NASA guys were like, you've got to solve that. You can't just say it's from an impact and then you've got no explanation for how that happens. Um, and then there's, Dude, there's problems crazy. with- Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. That's why, you've got to think, that's why this is a 160 odd year long mystery. The first guy I wrote about it was Darwin, which is kind of funny as well, Charles Darwin. 
Um, because he, he was given some when he was in Australia, which is kind of funny. Because obviously, we're on why the do you think it, it's taken so long for them to answer these questions? Is it because uh, of an ego and the not willing to look outside the standard mm-hmm. science model and going, you know, because mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Doing yeah. this show, I've learned a lot. One thing I've learned is that. You know, I really honestly believe the laws of physics were created mm-hmm. to keep us into a certain box of trying mm-hmm. to understand the world. Now, I'm not saying that the laws of physics aren't real or right, but mm-hmm. I think there are things that are out there that are outside the laws of physics. And mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. always say, well, do the, in according to the laws of physics, if it's not part of the laws of physics, it doesn't exist. And I go, I don't, I don't think that's real. So when I hear mm-hmm. about this argument for 170 years you know i go and is it that they won't they won't allow themselves yep to maybe go hey this might be something that is beyond our normal fucking measurements and stuff like that absolutely that's the way i look at it i mean there's if you the way i look at it put it this way um just not to too detail but you know um abby loeb Right, the 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 scientist from Harvard or that that discovered that object, the Oumuamua. You know, he thought it's maybe it's an alien probe, um, and he's obviously become really famous now. And I think they have a movie and all sorts of stuff going on. But anyway, right, he did that all in quite quick time. We saw Oumuamua was detected in like 2017. It's been a bit of a mystery. He's already got to the point of saying it's maybe aliens, right? But now you've got this object, 160 odd years. Is that not long enough? If in three years he could get to aliens. I think 160 years is long enough that they've had to come up with a good explanation, right? But none of them will go there. So it tells you that they don't want to go outside that box because the only other thing it can be, if it's, look, if it's not an impact on the moon, right? They've discounted that, right? So if it's not an impact on Earth, and they've had a long time to show that it was, if it's not that, the only other thing this leaves is an alien technology because there's no natural object that fits it, right? So if they can't show it to be that, then the next leap is to say, well, could this be something unnatural that's come from space, right? And the fact that not one of these scientists, I mean, there's hundreds of papers on this stuff, hundreds of papers. The fact that not one of them has gone there with, could this be, you know, aliens? You know, it, it kind of shows that there is that box. Now, either the box is in their minds or the box is in academia and they're not allowed to go there because of their funding. But it's one of those two things, because to be honest, they're telling us they're looking for these alien techno signatures, right? They're looking for Dyson cubes and spheres, and they're looking for any signs of radio waves. But when there's actually something in their own papers, in NASA papers, which you know I could see has got something crazily wrong there, and they can't. I mean, to me, it just yeah, it doesn't it's, stack up. It reflects how they they find planets that they can't observe. They they see them by the effect of their gravity, and it, this subject has its own gravity in the field of science. And you can only see it mm-hmm. because of the absence of any talk about it whatsoever. It's amazing how how much they lo- love to avoid that. And I think I, funding is, is a, a big part of it. I think I, I think you're right on that. It's that's it's gotta be right. One hundred percent. I think people are co-signing on everything because they don't want to lose their jobs or lose their funding, and they just go along with it. And they're just like secretly, they're like, "What are we doing here? This is nuts." But it's like in public, they're like, "Yeah, yeah, that's totally." And you're mm-hmm. like, "Doesn't make because they just either don't want to lose their jobs, they don't want to lose their funding, they don't want to lose any of that stuff." And I just see that stuff honestly happening all the time, whether it's in science or culture right now. Yeah, I mean, and look at Abby Loeb. I mean, he almost had to kind of 
kind of leave mainstream science to do what he's doing. Now he's set up some kind of his own project. He's got some billionaire donated him some money and, but then he's doing contact in the desert and stuff. So, I mean, like he's kind of jumped ship, you know, he's not really in that box. So you have to, it sort of shows, you almost have to leave, you know, you have to get the hell out of academia if you want to go into that, let's talk about aliens and actual like Terrence McKenna said, get out of the dying system, start your own system. Yeah, and he's kind of done that. And I think that's what you have to do. I don't think the academics are going to tear it. Look, I wrote a paper because people always say to you, maybe it's real. Why isn't there a paper? You know, and I always think, God. I have that so often, you know, I thought, I don't like to give in to people's stuff like that, but I thought, okay, I will write the paper. So I've written a paper about it. But it, the only reason I do that is because, yeah, I do get tired of that line that it's not real unless it's in a paper. And you think, come on, look, the phenomena exists, whether I write about it or not, the phenomena exists. Um, the phenomena has to be explained, whether I'm the one who explains it or not. Um, the fact is, 170 years, they've had plenty of time to explain that phenomena. So, I mean, I, I think they've had their chance. It's a long time. I love the notion. <laughs> I love the notion that people couldn't lie in a paper or a book. Yeah. I mean, we've discovered p- those textbooks that we give our children, mm-hmm. at least here mm-hmm. in the United States, mm-hmm. is just full of lies. They, they're not real. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't historically uh, match up. And those are books. Like, I mean, I love Mm. that someone who puts out a YouTube video could be so like full of misinformation, but somebody who puts out a paper or book has to keep it real. It's like, who is Mm -hmm. a publisher? How do you get published? Are they going to push your book if you play ball? Are they going to push your book if you say something they don't want you to say? The answer is no. Mm -hmm. And we've seen it over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. And look, there's people who've gone out of their way to test this and they've written fake papers with, with actual jokes in them, you know, Star Wars stuff in them also, and put them through peer review and they've gone through. So we know that these peer review systems are not always working. Um, and in many cases, obviously papers get rescinded later. They, you know, they, 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 they can't, um, they try to test the same stuff that's claimed in papers. It doesn't work in other people's independent tests. You know, so there's a massive problem with that at the moment. And that's something that, you know, I know is a big issue. They're saying this reproducibility problem that so many of these trials, when someone else tries them, they find like, this doesn't actually add up. What they've done, none of it works when we try ourselves. So I, I don't think that just saying, I've got a paper and it's been in peer review means that it's real. And I think that that is another part of that system, isn't it? The constraints thinking that, you know, well, look, if he had something real, it'd be in a paper. Also, I'm told, if you had real evidence of aliens, it'd be all over the news and stuff like that. It was, it was almost as if that automatically happens, you know, that CNN and Fox just call you yeah. up when you say you found evidence of aliens and they're all around your house doing a press conference. I mean, it's funny the things people think in their heads, isn't it? You know, that like, that would just happen. You know, I mean, I've, I had a problem I, years, a few years back. I had an article going to Forbes magazine, like what, Forbes online, right? Uh, journalists wrote about my human origins work, not about aliens, but about some other human origins work, right? So totally like, down to earth, you know, but a contra- bit controversial. That that was published on Forbes. About three hours later, it had been deleted. He was told to never talk about my work again. So people could go about how the press are going to turn up and they're going to do all this. It's like, you are joking. You are joking. If it goes against the establishment and nearly all the academics and what they've got their careers on, what they're lecturing on Monday to all the students, they are going to have a problem with you, a big problem with you, right? And that they are going to, that I know that several people complained to Forbes to get my thing off of there, several anthropologists. So, I mean, look, you cannot just have a normal conversation when it's controversial material that impacts our paradigm and impacts people that are in, 
influential positions, they are going to have a problem with it. And I, I know people don't like to say it's a conspiracy, but well, that is a conspiracy, right? Because if people go on there and just get your work just deleted without a conversation, not, not taking it on and saying, let's question him, let's argue with him, which is normal debate. Nope, just delete it and just never talk about him again. So that is not how it works. Right. They're not going to call me up. CNN and stuff are interested in UFOs when it comes from the Pentagon and the interest in aliens when it's from the Pentagon. But if, if it comes from me doing it and there may actually be real evidence, that's a problem. That's actually a problem. That's not a good thing for them. That's not the narrative. Yeah. My work is not in that narrative. Um, I think that surprised people because they're like, well, look, but all the media right now is hot on UFOs and aliens. Right. Yeah. But what's their evidence there? None. It's just a story from the Pentagon. Right. If you actually have evidence, that's problematic because that's not fitting their narrative. 100 and not in the time period that they want to release everything. No, I that's right. I just mm -hmm. honestly believe that they, their narrative is like, how can we make people feel powerless? That's my whole thing. And that's what I think they're revving mm -hmm. up to. I think they're just taking their time to get to us and get to that moment where they just kind of hit us with some crazy ash stories that just make us feel like we're speck of shits that's my honest belief man mm -hmm. i want to get back to um right. what is the proofs you think there are that we've been genetically mon sure. modified yeah absolutely so this same point in time that we've got all this crazy stuff happening we have uh, one of the most famous um changes in the human genome is the, the fusion of chromosome two so we know that in all other hominins all other apes and everything they have 48 chromosomes. Uh, humans, we have 46 chromosomes, right? Uh, we know now that so did Denisovans and Neanderthals. They had the same as us. They had 46, right? So they could trace it back. They know that this fusion event happens at least at the beginning of that, you know, the divergence of all of these large framed humans. And so there was a British biologist. He wanted to see, well, did it happen when we split from the apes or did it happen closer to this time when Neanderthals and Denisovans and us split? And so he looked at the, the what's called the, the, the fused telomeres, which are the ends of the chromosomes where they fused in the middle of this new chromosome. Uh, and through complex biological investigation, which is beyond my level, right? Because I'm not going to pretend that I understood what he did. But <laughs> he, he went into that and he he deduced that this change happened roughly somewhere around 750,000 years ago, basically at the beginning of this divergence. So we're back around that time, I'm looking at the 780,000, right? So this is one of the things that happened. We get this fusion of chromosome two. And on that fusion site, it happens after, on a gene that's to do with the brain, reproduction, and the immune system, like key areas you might want to get at. And then we also have what's called additions and deletions of information around the fusion site, as though something's been added, something's been taken out, there's been some meddling going on there. Um, and then we also have a series of unusual genes. For example, there's one gene, and again, I'm, I'm telling you this from how they've described it. There's one gene that they say appears, a brain gene, it seems to appear fully formed out of the non-coding DNA, which is what we used to call junk DNA, just appears magically fully formed, a key brain gene that gives us like the neocortex or something. And then there's, there's another one, I think it's 2 b which is, um, and I don't know if you saw this, but recently they put a gene into some kind of monkey and its brain grew really big. But this is one of those, this is one of the genes. We are Argat dancing with the- Well, yeah, we're back, look, we're back in that bit. It's like, thus we have become like the gods because now we're doing this stuff. But this same gene, it's actually described as, it appears to be, and he says like that, that it looks much as though it was cut, like taken out, uh, a segment cut from it, copied, like you actually they said Xeroxed 
in the thing and put back in. So when you see a scientist saying it looks almost like it's Xerox, it's like this is what we're doing. So I sometimes think that they know, but they say it in a way like this is bloody weird, you know, like we don't know what's going on here. But they will never say that is interesting, this bro. Aliens? you know. Yeah. So they're telling you this segment, it looks like there's segments of genes that have been cut, spliced, put back in. There's genes appearing magically out of non-coding DNA. And these are key brain genes, right? And in fact, all the genes that if you look at what separates us from apes, right? Normally other apes, right? Or primates, or right. You are supposed to be random mutation, okay? Random evolution, random mutation, but nearly all the differences are to do with our brain. Is that random? If nearly all the genes are different are to do with our brain, that doesn't sound very random. And then on top of that, you've got, um, I'll give you a last look example. There's a good human accelerated regions and people should look this up again. They can check this. Um, human accelerated regions are areas of what's called non, again, non-coding DNA. So these are not genes. There are other areas within the non-coding material. Um, and these human accelerated regions are areas of code that seem to have evolved at super fast speeds. So how do we know they've done that? You take an example, the first one, HR1, uh, they, they compared it between chickens, chimps, and us. Okay, the chicken and the chimp, they've had 300 million years separate from each other, right, evolving. And this strip of code, which is 118 DNA letters long, in the, the chicken and the chimp, there's two letters different. So, okay, so you can say this is super stable. There's basically two successful mutations in 300 million years. So one every 150 million years. So it must be doing something so important that if it changes, the organism dies, basically. You know, it's so rare that something good can come of a mutation on that, right? So then they, they look at the chimp and us, and we're supposed to be separate for about 7 million years. So obviously they're thinking zero change here, zero change. What they found was 18 letters have changed, right? So they're like, hang on, like, what is going on here? And so they ran this, they wrote a program because the woman who found it, she's a biostatistician. So she wrote a program to check it. She came to inclusion in her software that was basically a 0% chance by any understood evolutionary means for what they were seeing, right? Obviously they don't say aliens, but so there's a 0% chance. And they've now found hundreds of these HARs and nearly all of them are to do with uh, fetal brain development. So the, our, our abnormal brains development in the fetal stage uh, i.e. like if you were modifying a fetus, you know, from genetic engineering, all of those anomalies are, are nearly all of them in fetal brain development. Some were to do with the opposable thumbs and stuff, you know, other things that make us different. And if you, if you look, if anyone wants to look this up, you'll see there's a couple of good articles that basically say, there's one lot of articles that talk about our HARs, what make us different from the other, like, uh, primates. And there's another set of articles about, is it chromosome two that makes us different, right? But basically, chromosome two, and these HARs are what make us humans and what make us unlike all the other primates. And they're all anomalous, right? The, the, the chromosome two fusions anomalous and these HARs are anomalous. And like the only, the only way you can- What really do you look mean at by anomalous? Sorry. Like they um, haven't got an explanation for them. They haven't got an explanation for them. these HARs. There's no explanation currently given. Um, there's been an attempt to explain them that failed. There was a counter to that saying that, no, what you suggested it doesn't, it doesn't add up to so some papers going to and fro. As it stands, nobody has an explanation for these sudden accelerations in all these brain genes that just occur. And so when are they going to happen? Well, we know they're going to happen around that same time because we've seen the brain changing, right? 800,000 years ago. So we've got these wealth of crazy changes going on all at the same time, right? And chromosome two, again, the funny thing about that, they said, look, if you think about it, if there was a random mutation, it's going to happen in like one person, like normally you get like one, you know, strange thing happen. So that gets absorbed back into the group. And just right. The herd. 
electricity doesn't go right. Yeah, it gets absorbed into the herd. Maybe that person can't even have children because it's something that's, you know, often is the case with a chromosome error, right? That they can't even have children. So what happens there is something very strange because instead the entire species is replaced by this new mutation. All of them, all those others are gone. All that's left is us with our, with our 46 chromosomes. So they said, well, the only way to explain that is three things. They said, first of all, it means that it must have given some crazily great benefits right, that made them outcompete every other kind of human on the planet. So something really special, like an upgrade or something, right? The second thing is it has to have happened in multiple individuals at the same time, which is super unlikely by natural means, right? That you'd have a group of these people living together that all suddenly, several of them, you know, reproductive pairs are all having this strange fusion of their chromosomes. And then the third one is it has to happen somewhere in an isolated small community so that they're all kind of breeding with each other. Well, it's sounding like a lab, right? But you've got a group of beings who suddenly, they all have this strange change to their chromosomes. They're all living together. They're all being bred with each other, right? And then it's like they're let out to go and take over. I mean, so they're struggling. When you look at some of the official ways of looking at this stuff, they are struggling to come up with something that doesn't sound crazy, right? Really struggling in my view. So it's, um, and the other thing is we know now, and this last one, just quickly before I go back to you is, is we know today now that we have what's called gene drives. If anyone's familiar with CRISPR gene drives, uh, what you can do is you can change, they're doing this on mosquitoes, you know, Bill Gates and his crazy mosquito project, that, that what they do is they, you can change the DNA so that when, when one of the mosquitoes breeds with the wild one, so you get this modified one, it breeds with the wild one, instead of getting information from both mosquitoes, you get two sets of information from the modified one. So every child is modified. Now, if you think about it, if you release these modified oh my humans, God. They, everyone they bred with would have one of these new humans. So Homo sapiens would just be exponential. It doesn't matter if they, if they bred with Homo erectus or whatever, everything would have been replaced. And that's what we see, a total replacement. So you think it's in the biblical, so like go forth and multiply. I think it was always like, it didn't matter who they bred with because whoever they bred with, it just was Homo sapiens. It would be a new proto-Homo sapiens. And I think that's what we see the evidence for glaringly in this in the genetics. But who's going to go there? An academic with their career on the line? You know, the only person to go there is someone like me that is uh, a like Asperger's focus will sit and read these papers because let's be honest, for most people, it's just boring. Right. So someone has to actually read these papers. But then you start to realize that there is this. Yeah, there's a, a crazy pan here that again. And when is this happening? After a giant crystalline object exploded in orbit. Right. Right after you've got all this bombarding of the planet and a magnetic pulse, all that's happening. And then suddenly we've got all these anomalies occurring in a group of, of humans and they were getting them upgraded and able to replace every other human on the planet. And our story unfolds from there. Is there any chance that that explosion is how the, this type of homo sapien got, I hate to say it, released to the wild? Well, I mean, there's a bit of backstory. There's um. The reason why I was doing this project was because back in the 1990s, a couple of people, there's a, an, el, an Aboriginal elder called Jerry Bostock, who's sadly passed on, um, and a lady called Valerie Barrow. They had uh, an encounter with an Aboriginal artifact called a Chiringa. And a Chiringa is said to be an ancient object left by the creation beings in the creation time that is a receptacle of intelligence and of knowledge. Uh, they were in the presence of one of these things, and it basically gave them a download. And they were told a crystal ship came here hundreds of thousands of years ago, was destroyed in orbit by an enemy ship, 
and that the survivors came down and that they created Homo sapiens, uh, that there was a bombardment of the planet. It's actually in there in the download in the book she wrote up that there was it was hit from all directions deliberately. Asteroids were used to bombard bases on the planet. Uh, that there was this ship blew up, crystalline ship exploded, and debris rained down across the planet, and that the survivors made us. So that's why I was looking at this. I'd never heard of I'd never heard of tech chart, these tech chart. I'd never heard of this reversal. Hold on. What is the name of this thing, and what is the name of this book? Right, the book is called uh, Alcharinga, When the First Ancestors Were Created. And like anyone reading it, it's going to be like, this is really crazy. But they should read it with in mind, everything I've just said to you about the physical evidence of a, a massive object raining down, blowing up, raining down, of this bombardment we now know. Again, that's all in my book. My book is really, I read hers, and I thought, you know what? I suspect this is true, but is there evidence? Because we get all these stories, you know, like people in contact with something or downloads or channeling. And the thing they always have common is it never goes anywhere right the evidence never there's never any evidence it's always like a cool story bro you know and then you just move on so i'm thinking could this be proved so i went looking in the geological records i found that yeah there really was a giant crystalline object that blew up in orbit there really was a bombardment of our planet with asteroids there really was you know this um event Dude, around that, that time crazy yeah and these and the things the aboriginals must know this stuff that the aboriginal people that like, they must know all this stuff because they, they say that these objects are basically our living receptacles of intelligence. They're the most sacred objects for these people in the area around Uluru. Um, they're called, yeah, Churingas. And they say that they are a living artifact. And so they come in contact. Again, sounds like a bracewell probe. Our, our technology, if we were to look in a Western science view, we'd be talking about a bracewell sentinel probe. If you look up sentinel probes, that's the idea that an alien race might put a kind of a, a technology like a kind of a silica AI, sit it on a planetary surface and it just monitors everything and records your the history of that planet. And then when you reach a certain level, like say radio waves, right? It might pick up those and that would activate a program to make contact with the civilization, right? So this is actually, again, this kind of mainstream science. They actually expect these things. So we think like sounds woo and stuff, but when you look at what they're saying, they say these are the kind of things they think aliens are doing. And so this artifact sounds exactly like that. These Aboriginal people say it's like this sacred object. They hide in a cave. They bring it out for ceremonies. How do you spell that sacred object? It's, How do you uh, spell it? There's two it? ways to spell it. Churinga, C-H-U-R-I-N-G-A. Or, or it can also be spelled with a T-J-U. It's a Churinga or Churinga. Oh, my God. If you look them up, crazy. you'll see there's papers. Yeah, it's crazy. And the thing is, I, someone said this to me. Someone pointed out to me. I was in an interview about it one day. And someone said... This sounds kind of like the Ark of the Covenant because they had the same kind of thing that the Ark of the Covenant, not only did it make contact with some kind of sky gods, right? But also it had to be kept away from everyone and was only handled by like the high elders. And that's the same, the Aboriginals. It's only ever handled by the, like, by the clever fellows who are kind of the shamans, the high elders. And you think about that, that's the same kind of thing we're told with the tablets that are left by, um, by God with the, with the Jewish people, right? So, and again, it had to be kept away from the normal people. It was just the high priest. So I, I think, like, was there multiple of these objects left on the planet? Because even the Hopi tablets sound a bit like that. You know, there's, I wonder if we don't have a few of these kind of sentinels that are left here monitoring us. And at some point they make contact with people. So different tribes, different people. And now because we are living in a time where we are supposed to be meant to know this, because this, this, this intelligence says, look, this human story needs to come back now. It needs to come back to humanity. So it gives them this whole account of everything that happened down to the the details and if you read the book i mean there's some crazy stuff in there i mean like somebody i cannot validate to you you know because it's so longer but if you read it there's some crazy stuff in there you know a war over this planet a disagreement of this planet two conflicting extraterrestrial intelligences 
um, that have contested over this planet. Um, and that they are, it says, it says uh, some of them still here. And it's like, yeah, some of them are still here. Um, so it's got that whole thing. But, you know, I, I, I like anyone else, you know, what I said to myself when I first read it, I thought, if I can't, I just think, you know, be like, okay, I believe it and move on. But if you could, if I could find the evidence, and that's a game changer. So when I obviously when I actually found that there really was a giant object made of crystal that melted and, and rained down across the planet, I was like, dude, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. That it's real. This seems to be actually real, you know. And with the genetic dude, evidence, that is and the other nuts, stuff, it's like, man. Totally nuts. Read that book, uh, and then read my book, and you'll see. Because you read that first one, you, it is crazy. I'm not gonna lie. There's some crazy stuff in there. But then think, and then if you read mine and think, dude, there's actually evidence that supports this. So I think this is the story that they don't want to come out. You know, that the the world controllers don't want this to come out because you said it, it makes it very different. That we're not just some oozing slime that just crawls out of some pool and you know, oozes its way to now and then just gets killed off by the New World Order. But that's it, you know. I think there's a much bigger bit to this that they don't want us to understand that we have a, a cosmic relationship with some other intelligence and that we are beings with psychic capabilities, um, you know, crazy powers. And, so, and they just don't want us to know any of that. They don't want us to have a story that builds us up, you know, instead of knocks us down. I, I agree totally what you said earlier. I think that's what they don't like. That's why... I don't like my chances of having CNN turn up and wanting to cover this story because it just does not fit into that kind of thing of that we're just slime, you know, and that, you know. <laughs> I just, you've just blown my mind, bro. This is some crazy ass shit, dude. This is yeah, crazy. people usually don't have any evidence. I mean, I, I, like everyone else, I've always thought, God, wouldn't it be good to actually have some evidence of some of this stuff? So, I mean, you know, I'm, uh, I was as blown away as anyone else when I actually started finding the evidence was actually there. And it all dated to the same time. Because people accuse you, right, cherry picking. They'll say, well, you cherry picked this. But the dates are not done by me. You know what I mean? I'm not a geologist. I didn't date this material. I didn't date these impacts. Uh, I didn't do the dating on the, the human you know, e evolutionary split. None of that's done by me. I can't force those dates, you know, like round square, you know, the round peg in the square hole. I can't do that because other people have done that. So it turns out all the dates on these things line up with around 788,000 years ago. And the reason I said that they dated this material, the closest dating is 788,000 years ago, most accurate. So all of these dates on this and the reversal, and now they think the reversal of the poles was probably from one of these impacts. And that's why it happens at the same time. Because you think you've got this giant object hits and this bombardment. They think that destabilized the planet's magnetic field. So, so it is linked. And then you've got obviously this material comes down and it has to come from an orbiting silica object and then we appear. So, I mean, these things align in time. So even if someone says, well, like, you know, I don't know how they can get around that because you know, I cannot cherry pick those dates. I just cannot cherry pick them. And anyone can go and look this up and see, you know, is he just, you know, shitting me? You know, they, if, they, if you look up like uh, the Australite tech type mystery, you know, there's a paper on that, you know, it's an ongoing mystery. Again, it's not something I've just, conjured up and i had never heard of it until this woman and this guy you know this that would say about that there's this story and they they never made these like they said that they had no evidence they're like this is we believe it's real but you know we don't have any evidence they sort of say in the book you know believe it if you want or not because obviously they didn't go to my lengths to try and validate this um and to be honest they couldn't have because some of this stuff wasn't even existing when the book was done in she published in 2002 so like they hadn't even found this multi multi-directional bombardment that didn't get found to 2016 uh the new information on when we diverged that's from about four years ago it used to be thought that it was about 400,000 years ago now we know it's around 800,000 so a lot's changed since she wrote that so even if the other argument would be oh did she just read this stuff and put a story together it's like well no 
And in fact, she never even mentions Australopithecus. So she's not building a story on existing stuff. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. she just was a normal person. It had a weird thing happen. So she wasn't a technical minded person like myself who happily read academic papers. So she just left it as this, what happened to us with this you know, elder and herself. But, you know, I've gone above and beyond to check it and see if it's real. And it turns out, as far as I can tell, that it's legit. And I argue with any scientist. I'm not scared to, if someone says, you know, I'm a scientist, I'll take you on. Great. I've tried. I've, I've tried messaging space scientists. I've tried messaging the press. I've tried all that. So anyone, anyone who thinks I'm hiding from that, no, not at all. I've tried that and they do not want to know. Well, you came to the right place for that. I'm all about that action. I swear to God, this is Appreciate awesome. It. You know, this is awesome. Bruce, you came, you saw, you whooped a whole lot of ass. I would love to have, uh, done a little longer with you i just got to get out for some personal business stuff so All right no bruce worries. you killed bruce Thank can you. you tell them one more time where they can find you yeah absolutely i mean if, if they want to follow me i'm on twitter mostly ranting about what's going on at the moment in the world and that's a hybrid humans uh, sorry no ex exogenesis hh is like my handle on twitter but yeah it is mostly about you know this sort of pandemic stuff at the moment um, and then if they want to get my books, uh, any bookshop, you can go in and ask for Exogenesis Hybrid Humans. Um, and also you should be able to order The Forgotten Exodus, The Inter-Africa Theory of Human Evolution in bookshops or online or Amazon. You know, you should be able to. Find. I, I put Amazon last because they're so evil. But I mean, you can go into a bookshop and, and ask for those books. I try to go to bookshops, but it's just... They've really got it down yeah. to a science of keeping it easy, but I'd rather do mm -hmm. bookshops. So mm -hmm. I'm going to go. Uh, if you could send me a link to everything you want me to post in here so they can find mm -hmm. you, you killed Bruce. Thank you. Fenton. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I would love to have you back very soon whenever you want to uh, discuss mm -hmm. anything else you want to discuss. We'll make it happen. I appreciate you uh, okay. joining us. Thank you, Johnny. Hope to see everybody at the Big 500. Check out my special for free at samtriplee.com. Hashtag no lives matter. Enjoy it, and uh, we will see you soon. Thank you guys so much. We go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. <laughs> Aaron, this is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.